You have a fucking storyboard ready? Yep. You got everything ready? Yep. We ready? Yep. Let's do this. All right. Wait. What? Mo- Mom's spaghetti? Mom's spaghetti. Yeah. I'm re- right. ready. Mom's spaghetti. All right. Today's episode of the Natural Habitat Podcast is brought to you by Meister High End. Ooh, scary. You've heard about Meister High End if you've listened to our show before. They're not scary. Don't listen to Joey, all right? They're not going to scare you. They're not gonna. They're not gonna bully you. What they're gonna do is they're gonna hook you up with fresh shit for the cannabis connoisseur. If that's you, if you are a cannabis connoisseur, if I said cannabis connoisseur and you went like this, huh? Huh? I raised you, my hand. Yeah, and you put your hand up or you looked around like a like a dog, then you, my friend, are a cannabis connoisseur. So. If you go to GetMeister.com and use the code NHP, you'll save yourself 10% off of everything in the store. They got fog pens, they got grinders, they got dab rigs, and they have a super fresh thing called a stash tray. Have you seen these stash trays, Joey? Yeah. These stash trays are out of fucking control. So what it is is a nice, nice fresh rolling tray, all kinds of little things for you to... uh, did you say science? Yeah, there's some science in there. Yeah, there is some science involved to keep your your jars on your tray. And, you know, they've been making fresh-ass shit over there, so go to GetMeister.com, check them out, do it, and use the code NHP. Yes. That's it. Also, that's it. we're brought to you by our YouTube channel, so that's not it. Go to YouTube.com, search Natural Habitat Podcast, check out our videos, subscribe, like, comment, share. That's it. YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. Now that's really it. So you ready to get into this? Yep. Let's do it. The Natural Habitat Podcast. Oh shit, y'all! The Natural Habitat Podcast is on! Mom, the podcast is on! Yo, I am feeling great. I am blunted today. It's lit. Mm hmm. That is a a lit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, Oh, no. no, Joey. Holy shit, Jay. Today is a lit as fuck episode of the Natural Habitat podcast. My name is Mikey Booyah. My name is motherfucking fire emoji. And we are here to take you into a dark corner, all right? We're not Spooky. talking about we're not talking about the deep web, okay? We're not talking about uh places where where live leak videos are filmed. We're talking about a dark corner of nostalgia today on TV Tuesday and we're going to be diving in to the unsolved mysteries series. Very scary, no? Is that true? Did I say all that right? Yeah. Okay. Real, like real self conscious about what I'm what I'm putting across <laughs> right now because I know that I'm very high. I bought I, into it. I have a risk I, of doing it wrong. I believed it. All it right. Was real. Well, I'm glad that you believe in me, man. That means a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, have you? Uh, did you see this cell phone case that is being designed by Edward Snowden? That uh, the plans for it were just released recently. Yeah. And uh, 
I, I was I was stoked on it. It was cool for people that haven't seen it or have just seen it in their feed and haven't really taken the time to read it. What it is is it's a phone case. <clears throat> right now it's just for the iPhone, but they're making it so it'll be compatible for whatever. And it tells you when your phone is sending and receiving data and broadcasting your location when you're not doing it yourself, like on a maps kind of thing or something like that. And... Um, it also has something on the case that obscures the back camera. So the back camera won't capture anything if it's recording. And he said that one of the most important things that he put across was that this case was designed for journalists that are in hostile territories, for people that are, you know, operating under strict regimes that are trying to, you know, share information, get out of their current situation, and it keeps you anonymous. And it's not just for, you know, people to fucking, so the government can't look at your phones. Like, it has a lot more uses. It's not just a terrorist device, which is what it has been painted as in the news. You know what Oh, I mean? yeah, because, you know, any anybody who wants to have privacy has to be a terrorist now. You yeah, know that, right? what, are you, what are you hiding? What, yeah. what, what do you yeah. have, what do you have to hide, right? If you didn't have anything to hide, then you'd this be okay. America. You can't hide anything. Yeah, if you didn't have anything to hide, then you'd be okay with strangers looking through everything that you own and have on your phone. <laughs> well, you know, it. it's really like, it's really not the government. It's who the government works for. And yeah. it's the corporations, you know. And it's also... They're, they're the ones that are, who are buying and trading everybody's information. They're the ones who want to know every little thing that's happening. So they can, like, make sure that they're catering to your every need. So you're spending every dollar that you have. Yeah, because what know, it is what is it's, it's, all about. Yeah, it's big data. And they're compiling everything that you search for, everything that you say. And... You know, Facebook started doing weird shit to where I messaged someone something the other day and it was like, I said, uh, I said, we should, we, we should go to the beach tomorrow after I get off of work. You down with that? And then right underneath that, it said, would you like to create a reminder for this event? And it took what I said and, you know, in the context and knew that I was talking about doing something at a certain time. And it was like, you want to create a reminder for this thing? And, you know, shit's changing like that. That's why when you Google something, say if you're Googling some sort of product or some sort of website, and then you go on to Facebook, immediately afterwards, there will be an right. ad for that site there. Right. So that's the gift and the curse in itself, right? Yeah. You know, like you just explained it all right there. It's the fact that, you know, you want this thing mm -hmm. because this is awesome. Yeah. It's very easy. It makes your life easy. To have this be available, this technology. Uh huh. But you don't want to give away your freedom. Yeah. And your information at the same time. And that's the dilemma that you're in. You're like, well, do I sign this agreement and just use it? Because fuck, what's an agreement anyways? What does it really matter? Nobody's going to ever do anything or, yeah. you know, you know, but the reality of it is, no, they are. That's why they tell you they're mm -hmm. going to is because they are definitely going to collect every bit of information they can, you know, and, and it's all good. You know, it's not done like, like most of it's not done maliciously. It's not like they're not out to get you. It's not a conspiracy. It's just data collecting. They're trying to fucking get your information so they could sell you more shit. Yeah. So that's that, what it all boils down to. So that your online experience can be catered to you and they can, yeah. they can put things in front of you that they know you're going to like. So you'll spend as much as possible. Yeah. And, yeah. and like, like you said, it's all about 
it's about the people that the government works for. And on, on the other side, it's about the people that work for the government because it's really like we found out from Edward Snowden that it's really just some guy. It's like depending on on what time and day it is, it's some guy in an office building that has access to all of these people's information. So, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of weird, sick people that make it into great jobs for great people and then are found out 30 years later to be demons. So you never know what these people are going to do with your information. And yeah, you're right. I think that's why we like to do stuff like Throwback Thursdays. We like to do shit like TV Tuesdays and go back to the 80s because it was a simpler time. You know what I mean? We're both really aware of the world that we live in. And I think that it was just a lot easier to focus on life when all of yeah. these distractions weren't there. Yeah, tell me about it, right? Like, um, we needed a distraction. Like Pokemon Go. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, yeah, I, I get it. You know, it's like, it, it is what it is, but fucking, you're right. Let's move on. Let's go, yep. to, let's go to fucking TV town. Let's do it. Let's do it. But first, <laughs> first. Does it look all right? Looks good. But first, I we weren't supposed to catch that part. I was supposed to unpause it, and then we were supposed to start right here. <laughs> oh, so sweet. I'm going to edit this out. Yeah. You ready? Yeah. But first, we need to get into an NHP smoke sesh. Now, there's a little something new that we're doing for our smoke sessions. Why don't you explain it to the people, Joey? Well, um, due to scheduled programming, we have to start running commercials. So... We're not allowed to play music unless it's uncopyrighted music, which is almost impossible. So um, <laughs> we are forced by upper management to run commercials now. So from now on, whenever you hear a commercial, you are hearing an NHP smoke sesh. That's right. There it is. So, you know, times are changing. Shit happens. And we have to uh, we have to provide this commercial space. So We have to tote the corporate line. Mm-hmm. Totes my goats. Totes so, my goats. So here we are. Here's a short word from our sponsors. And we'll be right back. Before you choose a body shop to paint your car, ask a few questions. Do they use the best products to get the best results? What about experience? Have they painted more than five million cars? Do they know it takes more than paint to make your car look new? Will they take care of you as well as your car? Can they deliver this kind of work at a price you're willing to pay? If you don't know, you better get Mako. <coughs> better get Mako. <coughs> All right. <coughs> <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> that wasn't welcome, long enough. Welcome to the cough commercial. <laughs> oh shit! Break. Is this an episode of cough break? Yeah, this hasn't happened in a long time. It's been like a hundred episodes since this has happened. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into it today on TV Tuesday. Obviously, it's Untold Mysteries. Obviously. One of the one of the I think hands down unsolved mysteries. It trumps Forensic Files, which is one of my favorite shows. Yeah, this was uh, Genesis. Yeah, and uh, and it was like it was a little mix of everything. And one thing that I remember from the show is its format, to where it would have four different mysteries in each show. What do you think was more important during the time frame growing up? Do you think it was unsolved mysteries or 
America's Most Wanted? Um, I'm going to say uh, level of importance. I'm going to say America's Most Wanted just because America's Most Wanted, this is not based off any fact at all, but I want to say that they caught more people. Whereas Unsolved Mysteries, not so much. Wow. I'm sure they caught people. <coughs> you know what? I'm sure that we can find out right now, actually. Oh, no. All I know is Unsolved Mysteries was the motherfucking shit. I think that they uh, were so um, broad and covered like such a wide spectrum of things. And it was pretty neat. You know, It wasn't probably as important, I guess. Maybe that was the wrong way for me to word it, but... I, I mean, like, I think Unsolved Mystery just caught my attention more because it was more of, like, catch your imagination. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because they would always throw in different shit, and there was a lot of paranormal stuff. Yeah. Plus, you add in the, add in the theme song, and then Robert Stack, spooky-ass voice. So he wasn't always the host, I guess, but he's the only host I remember and his voice echoed throughout my childhood. I remember being really young and like staying up and watching this. Yeah. And I used to love it. I don't know why, but it just like, I don't know. It was the first introduction to like the occult and like the weird things, you know, that you wouldn't normally get on. Unless you might see some shit on like fucking Scooby-Doo or some shit, you know, but you don't really take cartoons seriously. <laughs> I don't think I never did. Yeah. And then you see some shit on uh, Unsolved Mysteries and you're like, oh, there's some creepy shit out there. Yeah. And then they were always talking about like ghosts and like all those type of things. And, and to a kid, you know, it was really very easily capturing our imagination. Yeah. That's what we were talking about it before we started recording that you you didn't really like you you were always entertained i forget the way that you said it but it always like captivated you but it didn't really scare you you were more interested in like the alien episodes and the paranormal shit but i was a little bit younger than you so when i saw it i it scared the shit out of me like i remember watching unsolved mysteries and being like because it would be like look according to some dude this happened like this shit actually went down somewhere and we have this dude here, and he's going to tell you all about it. And I was just like, what the fuck? Are you for real? And some of these people are believable. So it's yeah. like it's a slippery slope, you know what I mean? And it uh, it got me. It definitely creeped me out when I was oh, a kid. No, I'm, I guess I'm like a natural skeptic, I guess, then, you know? Yeah. I don't think I've ever, like, I don't think I've ever believed in ghosts or, like, believed in anything. But I've always wanted to see it. So I've always been like extra interested because, you know, if it was real, I want to fucking see the shit. Yeah. But you if know? you if you go in wanting to see something, then you're just going to creep yourself out. It'll be Supposedly, stupid shit. I guess. Yeah. I mean, like I've I, I've done my fair share of ghost hunting in my life. And yeah. it seems yeah. like it seems like every time that I do it, I'm scared as fuck. We're, all, we're always like looking around and we're like, what's that? What's this shadow? What's this noise? We hear a dog barking and we think it's like some disembodied dog. It's like, no, that's a dog. Like, that's a dog down the street. But in the moment, we're convinced that this dog bark is coming from all around us. And like, it's fucking like outer something from not of this world. Like the bumper stickers. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so Yeah. So like, you live in a place. That was like a placebo. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. A lot of it's you, placebo effect. You live in a place similar to where I lived at, which is, you know, there was there basically the same place. So you grew up in like the same type of environments, you know, like, like missions yeah. being all, all down the coast, you know, and like having to go visit the missions all throughout school and shit. Yeah. And then like, you know, old fucking cemeteries and just like old stories of old history and, and old things that have been around forever. And even as a kid, that's like installed in you because of where we're from. And it's like a rural community. So like there's a lot of like um, forced history and shit, you know, yeah. that you got to learn the local history or whatever, which is cool, you know. So I don't know. It's like that plays into like part of the imagination, too, as a kid, you know, like you're learning about that shit in school or whatever. And then you're seeing like the shit. Uh <laughs> on tv at night and you're like oh shit makes you like think oh maybe it could be real you know like maybe there's some ghosts over here and you go ghost hunting at the mission or something or like whatever is close to you or like you know it's very similar yeah and there's a you know there's there's like a lot of abandoned shit around here too like a lot yeah. of old buildings so yeah there always has been for sure yeah. randomly and especially when we were kids there was less of a homeless like everywhere problem and it was, uh, you know, like these places now, if I try to go to them as an adult, there's usually people camping in them and then I'm bothering somebody at night when they're fucking trying to rest. You know what I mean? So I can't really just run around and be like, Aah! so you just leave. And, uh, you know, back then it was like they're all the shit was just free to the taking. So, yeah, it was definitely different. There would be just random like little buildings places that were just like not being used or like abandoned or whatever that just didn't get knocked down for whatever reason and just be left up because nobody wanted to deal with it yeah and it was like all good nowadays you can't do that shit because it's like an eyesore people make you fucking tear the shit down or like do something with it yeah you know? yeah we have a lot of mines around here too which is dope yeah yeah there's a lot of like i said there's a lot of weird things a lot of like Things that makes it easily um, imaginable like that, you know, like when you see some stuff like that, it makes you like kind of relate to it in a way. It makes it easy. Yeah. Fucking. Um, so I was uh, I was reading up about the show and I found out that uh, in the early seasons, like the first two seasons of the show, there was uh, there was no actors. They didn't have very much of a budget. So, yeah, Jerry, just dump that money out right there. All those coins. There was, uh, they didn't have any money for actors. So it was all like fucking, uh, a bunch of people that were actually in these unsolved mysteries. Like, like the people that said they saw the aliens, the people whose daughter went missing. They would have the actual people be there and act in these reenactments and it wasn't until the second or third season that they had enough money to hire actors yeah which is crazy because like that puts makes those people vulnerable as fuck yeah <laughs> you know how are you gonna put those people through that <laughs> they're on tv telling their own story you know i'm sure like they probably got put through like whatever type of ridicule in their fucking hometown or wherever when they people seen it and whatnot you know and so like they probably had to switch it up eventually anyways yeah 
to be like, oh, we need to get actors <laughs> because, uh, you know, we've been through this. Yeah. We're not, we're not trying to get sued. Plus, uh, they said in the DVD commentary of like the first season that in, in the early episodes, you could tell if actors were bad or not because they would have less speaking parts. If the narrator did everything and talked about everything and set everything up and they just showed visuals of the people, then that meant that the actors were shit and they fucking couldn't do anything. And they were no good on camera. But if you had lots of camera time, then it was all gravy. So you could tell by watching them which ones were bad actors and which ones were good. And, yeah. and it started from the beginning that they were a cheap show to make. Like at the time, it cost one and a half million dollars to make an episode of an hour long scripted special for TV. Well, yeah, if you think about it, it's like the perfect format, right? Like, it's set up to be a... It's basically just a story. It's just somebody telling a story, so it really doesn't have to be that imaginative. You could do whatever background. Yeah. You on, you honestly, like, don't even need a background. It could have been somebody, like, in a dark corner. Yep, that's it. You, <laughs> don't, something, you, know? you don't need any set or anything. You just do it yeah. in people's houses, like, fucking whatever. Yeah, it's really, like, it's up to you how how the, how you want to make it, but it, it really worked. The formula that they created ended up working out really well for them. And, and I think that that was important also. It's like they like to create little stories to like further the imagination to make you like really believe in the story that they were trying to portray. Yeah, definitely. And uh, they they made their show at a quarter of the cost or a third of the cost of all the other shows that were being made at the time. And that's how they got themselves on NBC because it was just pretty much between the show that costs nothing to make and has high ratings or the show that costs $2 million and fucking nobody knows about yet. So it was a, it was an easy pick. You know what I mean? Good marketing ploy for them. And, yeah. and it was like, it, it was a weird mix between like a news show a drama almost like 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 a lot of people have compared it to theater and then actual real stories and actually trying to help people so there was a real life element in it as well and i think it was like the perfect the perfect concoction of tv you know what i mean that the news broadcast made it all seem real whether it was just some crazy guy telling a story or not and then the theater element of it and the real life element mixed together because it wasn't just a story. This is something that happened to this person. So it made it like you would always identify with it or someone that you knew. If it was like an older lady, you'd be like, man, what if that was my mom? That'd be fucking crazy. And then it sucks you in, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's true because it's relatable. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, we have, um, we actually have this interesting video that, we only listen to some of it, but it's a story from Robert Stack. And uh, we'll let this guy with the amazing voice, not Robert Stack, but the other guy, kind of drop the intro. So uh, we, we hired this guy off the street. Uh, sir, if you want to come in and go ahead and uh, do the intro that we were talking about for, uh, for Mr. Stack. Uh, okay, all right, here. One second, one second. Joey, come over here. Let me talk to you real fast. So I found this guy outside, and he says that he knew Robert Stack, that he like grew up with him and stuff. But 
mm-hmm. he also smells really, really bad. I think he's just a homeless guy. But um, he did give me $100. That's a real $100 bill, so I'm going to let him talk. Mm-hmm. So sorry if he says weird shit, but let's just, let's just let him do it. He has a cool voice. You'll hear it. All right. All right. Let's go. All right, sir, the floor is all yours. We know his face from that other show about the unexplained. His deep, penetrating eyes seem to hide the secrets of all the world's unsolved mysteries. Yet when we met Robert Stack the other day, he told us about a few that still had him baffled. Like how did he end up in a show like this? That was great. You see what I'm saying, Joey? Yeah. That was great. He did a good job. He read uh, exactly what I wrote down except for adding the other day thing. I don't know, but he, you're also friends with Robert Stack, so that's fine. Thank you, sir. Um, you can find uh, the door over there. All right, Jerry. Right. Jerry, <laughs> you want to help him out? No. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Uh, let, let's get into this video because it got interesting, and I'm, I want to know where it goes. Of the many interesting guests at his boyhood house, he remembers one in particular. Sir, you don't have to say things Rostoya, anymore. <laughs> who was a yogi, who was a friend of my grandfather's. Who, um, I don't want to get into this because every time I do, somebody wants me to do a show on, on the weirdness of things. He could levitate. They used to have a, at the house, they used to hold hands at a seance. I remember as a kid. And he would be bathed in perspiration. On the other side of the room, I remember there was a, my father's den, there was a, a silver tray with little silver cocktail shot glasses on it. All of a sudden it began going ding, 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 And then uh, the table, I don't, if I get into this, I'm going to get in trouble. Everyone's going to write me, and I don't do those kind of shows, honest, I don't. But it- <laughs> Okay, all right. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> You can tell that he fucking he knows that he sounds crazy. Well, as he's, let's, as let's he's telling the story, bets. you want to play some bets? Yeah. Where 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 do you think what, this is gonna go? What do you think it's gonna be? What's what, what's he doing? What's it, where's he going? This is it like a monster or an alien? Is the table gonna levitate and uh, crash apart? I th- uh, I what, think what's happening? I think that this guy is gonna be uh, he's gonna be some sort of like mystical shaman kind of character. And he's just going to go on about all the crazy things that he saw him do. And um, I think that somebody's going to get hurt. you seen this before? No, I haven't. But I'm just going off of what I've heard so far. Did you watch it? No. All right. Let's see what happens. It was strange. He, he could stick needles through, control the involuntary muscles of the heart, buried alive. And a great friend of my grandfather's who was about as he ran the old Los Angeles. <laughs> Our faces both did the same thing when he threw Buried Alive in there. Huh? Theater, my grandfather. And his name was Ostoya, and there was a book written about him, pictures of him with Douglas Fairbanks Jr. and all the people of Hollywood. But again, uh, this gets off into an eerie, weird area that, that I think that there is a certain measure of ESP and, and power control. And, but I, I, beyond that, I'm not into it. I believe the people who've seen these things. I know a man in the CIA who saw some very strange things. And uh, he's a CEO of a very large corporation. He was executive officer of a nuclear submarine. Now, I believe him. He told me a story about being on a sub 
Yeah, the sonar out, the swooshing noise, these two objects came screaming by it faster than a torpedo around the submarine, around the bow, came together as a unit and flew off. Now, this is so weird. Can you say, you know what happened? We went back to Norfolk. I, I called Norfolk. I arrived. Two men from the Pentagon were there, came aboard, checked with everybody, took the log books. As they left, they said, don't talk about this. No one's going to believe you anyway. Now, this is from a guy who was a CIA, a nuclear sub. And he tells it like he's saying, yeah, I had a couple of cups of coffee. So, <laughs> so I, I allow the other people to make up their minds. I, I don't know. <clears throat> I believe him. Whatever happened, he saw. And the members of the crew saw. Or they had been somehow mesmerized by a giant Jupiter in the sky. My mother. Whoa. So that's some crazy yeah. shit. Yeah, it sounds like he knows some cool shit. Yeah, so that's just uh, that's just his homie in the CIA that told him about some creepy shit that happened. But you would think that you would think that if some some dudes from the Pentagon showed up and took their logbooks, they would do more than just say, "Don't tell anybody up this. No one's gonna believe you anyway." Instead of like having them sign some sort of non-disclosure, you know what I mean? Well, that's not how the military works. They just go. Shut up. You signed you signed a non-disclosure yeah. when you joined the motherfucker. You signed a fucking don't yeah. say shit or you go to jail. I guess you're right. Classified you're, classified you're information. Object, you just owned. It's true. My mother believed in, 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 in reincarnation and uh, it's all pretty much to give people a feeling of of comfort when you go to the great beyond. Uh, but I do know one thing. I do no, nothing that that I do is premeditatedly done by me without somebody's help. Um, it doesn't work like that. You feel like better one day than others. It's 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 just it's it's a. I think you get the feeling when you go through an earthquake like we just did, or something else. Uh, the temptation is. The human's ego is such that it pushes him into an arena whereby he becomes so special. And it just takes a couple of shakes like that to make you realize, hey, man, when you realize it, it, that they six inches of mountain grew out of that shake, the Grand Canyon has got thousands of feet, and you're here for 15 seconds or less, and then it's, it's a good leveler. It kind of makes you feel like, well... Whatever it is, I'm glad to be here, but uh, I'm not going to be critical. Perhaps it was. Okay, mm-hmm. <clears throat> he summed Crazy. it up. He summed it up at the end because he went on on like four different things, and I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about right now, Robert Stack?" Yeah, he was on some real shit though the whole time. Yeah, but then he towards the like, end, he, ra- he wrapped skating. it up. Yeah, he, he was, was trying like, to tell you, but without telling you too much, he was yeah. just trying to give you little hints of little things. He's like, you know, you know. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna wrap your mind into a pretzel real quick, and then mm-hmm. I'm gonna make you eat it right at the end. I can expose everything, but I'll let you choose. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, uh, speaking of choose, I'm getting the signal from Pat and Nat that uh, it's time for us to choose to go to a commercial break. All right. So um, we uh, we will get back to the thrilling conclusion of. This uh, creepy Robert Stack rambles about creepy shit in his life video. 
right after this word from our sponsors. Pepsi theft. It can happen anywhere, anytime. Fight back. Introducing the Pepsi Club. Now Pepsi moments don't have to become anxious moments. He's What you were about to see did not actually happen, but it could happen. They took everything! Look, Ma, the Pepsi Club works. But today, thank you, Pepsi Club. Pepsi, Generation Next. Available in six-pack. Generation Next. You remember that shit? Yeah, that was some shit. That fucking went on for a while, Generation Next. I'm going to say up until like the mid-2000s. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe even later? I don't even know years. I don't even know what year it is. Today's year is 1986. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, no, it's not Thursday. Today is 2016 year. Um, 2016 year? 2016 year. Okay. Yeah. It's the 2016th year after the Gregorian calendar was created. All right. So, uh, as promised, here is the thrilling or not so thrilling conclusion. Of it's thrilling. I think of this interview. I'm enjoying it, but I'm not sure. How, I'm not sure what the end is going to be like. If they do like the classic formula of videos and entertainment, then they're going to have a big finish. You know what I mean? Like we always do. We call everybody bitches at the end. This hand of fate that led Stack, a confirmed bachelor, to a happy marriage of 38 years to wife Rosemary, something of a rarity in Hollywood. Well, this was a fellow that my, my wife met that was a friend of the family's, actually. He was sort of a black sheep. And uh, he, uh, he set up his shop down on the pier in Santa Monica. His name was George Darius. And he was gifted, Snitch. as these people are. <laughs> Usually gifted better when they're not being paid. He happened to be a friend of the family's, of my grandmother's. And unbeknownst to me, my wife had, had met him. I didn't know that she even knew him. Well, we kind of, we went together, and we broke up, and, and uh, well, before she even met me, she went to him, and he said, you're going to meet somebody who looks like Robert Stack. He said, no, it is Robert Stack. Now, they usually say you're going to meet a tall, dark stranger, and you take an ocean voyage, but he mentioned my name, and she figured, well, I can meet him, because she was under contract to Columbia at the time, and he said, you're going to have a romance, which, of course, of course we did. And then I was the world's most devout bachelor, and I was never going to get married. And we kind of had a thing of breakup and ruined both of our lives for about three or four months. And during this time, she went to see him. And he said, you will marry Robert Stack. And she said, marry Robert Stack without even speaking. Not only marry him, but you will marry him in January. Now, that gets weird. And I was never going to get married. Mother and father my brother divorced all my I couldn't think of one person was happily married that I knew and sure enough uh, it uh, like everybody kept saying why don't you marry her you're out of your mind if you lose this girl you're never going to find she's too good for you <laughs> but the bottom line was not that I'm going to get into witchery and all of the rest but some people I do think have a kind of a prescience and he's the only one that I know because he didn't mention you're going to meet a tall dark stranger and go on an ocean voyage and you'll have good things happen to you fortune cookie but he did mention that time we were broken up we're gonna marry mention the month by George and I didn't know anything about it until about six months afterwards when she told me about it she said you know George told me we were gonna be married I said really <laughs> strange 
Damn. That was a fucking big finish. That was a big finish. And, okay, I got a lot of things. <laughs> first. Who the fuck uh, is George? Where is he at right now? First, are they still married? I'm wondering if they're still married. 38 years, it said. And, uh, okay, cool. And then, second, um, he totally, like, he was like, I ain't going to say nothing about no witchcraft or something. <clears throat> but that bitch put a spell on me. And fucking got me to marry her because I was never interested in marrying anybody. That's what he said. Like that's pretty much what he said. Yeah. He was like, you know what? It's a witchcraft. It's some bullshit. I got duped, and he got me. George got me. (laughs) Yeah, it was some fucking bullshit. Yeah. And that's cool, you know. Fuck. Where the fuck is George right now? I want to see. Right. He fucking he put him on blast, name and everything. So. I wish we could find him because that motherfucker is. a muse or something. He's like a fucking magician. Yeah, we should get him on the show and have him fucking mystic shit. Um, I saw something the other day, like a muse school. Really? Yeah. Are you gonna go to it? No. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I, and and it was out in um, Malibu, no doubt. It was out in the fucking hills out there. Let me see. Some some muse school. Some muse school. I was like, you uh, gotta be kidding me. Yeah, Muse School. Uh, private day school in Calabasas, California. Is that what it is? Probably. This is about, this is a super rich kids. God damn. Uh, Anyways, whatever. I'm sucked into this fucking thing now. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna fucking, I wanna, I wanna have kids and send them to this school. Uh, well, no, that's witchcraft. Yeah, what's the deal with the fucking? Oh no! What are you What are you trying to say? Oh no! <laughs> no, I'm using that thing. I can tell. Um, so we have a special request from any of our listeners out there. If sure. you, this is where the shit gets interactive. All right. If you have any sort of unsolved mysteries in your life. If you've seen some weird shit in the sky that you can't describe, if uh, if you see some ghosts in your house, if one of your parents got murdered and you found their body and you still don't know who did it, we want you to send us details, pictures, police reports, and we will solve attempt to solve your mystery live on the air on a future episode of Unsolved Mysteries. Thanks. So Joey agreed to that before uh, before we were recording. And we talked about it, and I was like, we're going to get deep into people's people's murder lives. And he was like, that's cool, man. I'm down to do this. I'm down to get strange packages from weird people. And I was like, cool, because it's all going to your house. Sweet. Yeah, mm-hmm. sweet. So, uh, so if any of you guys got stories, we encourage you to write in. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or at naturalhabitatpodcast.com slash contact. You know what story I want to know? What's that? I want to know the story... Of why it got nominated for six Emmys and lost every one. <laughs> right? What kind of shit is that? Yeah, tell me about that. Tell me that story. Uh, you know what? I will tell you that story. And it goes a little something like this. The category was the Outstanding Informational Series. <laughs> 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 I tried to just read the whole thing. Oh, uh, you almost had it. Yep. Shit. Uh, this yeah, is what this is what the story is. All right. It lost two. It, what it lost to was PBS Nature, Smithsonian World, right. The Civil War, mm-hmm. 
TNT, TNT, MGM, MGM <laughs> when the lines roar. <laughs> That's so dumb. Uh, uh, PBS is healing in the mind with Bill Moyers, and PBS is baseball, and NBC's TV Nation. What the hell does that mean? No, that's bullshit. What These does that even all, mean? I have no idea. The PBS, P- PBS is baseball and NBC's TV Nation. <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah, Howard, that seems like it's two shows wrapped in one. Maybe it is, yeah. They're just both on the same channel or something. Is it two shows and they broadcast same as different thing. names on two different networks? I don't know. What but it it's is. the same feed? Crap. All I'm saying is, how does it lose to all those things? All those things are boring as shit. Yeah, they're all horrible. And half of them I've never even heard of. But I've heard of fucking Unsolved Mysteries, so yeah. why isn't that in there? Psh, bitches. That's some <laughs> bullshit. And it was fucking, uh, one, two, it was like six years in a row, except for 1994. They were nominated and lost. This bullshit. And they still continued to keep making fucking episodes up until like 2002. They were like, I don't need your Emmy. We still got shit. We still solved some mysteries. Their visual effects company was called the Area 51. That's dope. Yeah, it is dope. I also... It's, uh it's very genre specific. I also read a thing about um, how it was all based off of one series of specials called Missing. Have you seen this person? And they made like three specials and aired them on NBC. And somebody saw it and they went, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Hold on. Hmm. Yeah. Let me talk to you. And they fucking just made millions. Yeah. That's exactly how it went. There was a video of it I was going to play, but I figured that I would just reenact. Yeah. You know, since reenactments was part of its thing. Yeah, that was a good one. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks. Bravo, sir. Bravo. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Okay, so uh, they filmed many of Stack's segments at the Masonic Temple. That's dope. What? That's some eerie Over shit. Over in Pasadena, California. What does it mean? What does it he said mean? They, they, they liked it as a set because it invoked ghostly spirits and things like that. Yeah, it does have that eerie feel. So if you are the type of person that's going to gets if that's gonna buy into unsolved mysteries and be all fucking you know balls deep into it then you're gonna appreciate the fact that it was in a masonic temple i think we could say anything behind the unsolved mysteries music and make it scary yeah probably do you want to try yeah let's do it all right i'll let you go first tonight on Unsolved Mysteries. It's the case of Mikey's missing hot dog. He doesn't know what happened to him. His neighbors tried to say they saw somebody walking out the front door. They couldn't tell who it was. By the time we caught up to him, we asked for the hot dog and they had no idea what we were talking about. Mikey's response was we all think. Okay, that was pretty creepy. That wasn't bad. Here, all right. Let's see. Let's see if I can make something not creepy. All right. All right. Let's go. It's summertime. Springtime just happened. That means the flowers were in bloom. 
We took all those flowers, froze them, put them in a block of ice, and now we're selling them to you and you put them in your drinks. Drink flowers. Taste gross. Floursice.com. Go to floursice.com. Was that scary? Or was that not scary? Yeah. Was it was Maybe, it like, Yeah, I gave you two options. <laughs> was it was it ancient scary or like new? What do you mean new? You know, like was it like Like new school scary, how like some things you used to not be funny but now they are? Yeah, did did the flowers come from somewhere like permafrost? That's up that's up to you to decide. Or were they just some regular old flowers? Here, I'll give you three questions. First one is that, and they're regular old flowers that were frozen in ice. Second question. What's the second question? The second question is, do they smell like flowers or do they smell like shit? And the right. answer to that question is, neither. Third question and final question. What's it going to be? Third question is... Do you like flowers? Do I like flowers? Yeah. All right. All right, cool. There it was. So uh, why were we doing this? Why were we doing the Q&A? Because uh -huh. you wanted to know about it? So, oh, yeah, now you can decide. Was that or was that not scary? It was. Sweet. So it looks like you can't do it. You can't make Bubble anything. Warming. You can't say anything on that beat without it being scary. I was scared. Mm-hmm. All right, well, that's all the time we have for today. So thank you for joining us, everybody. And um, there, was a, there was an unsolved mystery that happened in my life. Before we go, maybe you can help me solve it. I lost my hot dog. Peace, bitches. Natural Habitat Recordings.